A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Three in a Bar. A podcast where we are joined by a different musician every episode. I'm Seb Philpot. And I'm Verity Simmons. I play the trumpet. And I play the cello. Our guests could be from any part of the music world. We've spoken to pop stars, composers, orchestral musicians, singers, musical theatre performers and lots more. We chat about their careers, ambitions and get a glimpse into what makes each musician unique. Shall we sing the song? Oh, don't make me sing the song. Three! Three in a bar. Hey, I tell you what, auto tune is a wonderful thing. Three, three in a bar. Come on, Seb. First round's on me. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Look, look what I've been doing. Loads of these. Thirteenth birthday. It's me. <laughs> Congrats. The, yeah, Theo. Who? Theo? Theo's going to be 13 yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> oh, he's not a child anymore. I know. It's really sad, isn't it? But it's yeah. sort of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one more to do, but it's, do you, you know, the ones that just, like, no matter how much puff you give, it's mm. not happening. But you're you're a baritone player. Surely you can you can do <laughs> that. I know. You'd think, wouldn't you? <laughs> I clearly wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always one. <laughs> yeah, I might just leave this. I'll leave this for Henry. <laughs> can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can. You're a little little soft. Okay. I'm Hang just on. um I might turn my Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Loud great. and clear. Yes, I can definitely hear you. <laughs> what How's a surprise. That? Is that better? It's Hello? good. It's perfectly fine. It's just Hello? a little on the soft How's side. That? How's that? Hello? Yeah, that's good. It could be my headphones, Hi. you know. One, two. Yeah. Check good. it out. Check it out now. <laughs> are you are you a capital FM DJ? Hey, uh, good afternoon. Uh, you're listening to Three in a Bar. Uh, coming up now is uh, an interview we've got with uh, <laughs> Jake's Cohen, uh, which is actually quite long and not <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't fit on this radio station. Um, <laughs> but it's perfect for Three in a Bar, the podcast. Uh, coming up uh, very shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it. Especially there. Uh, at the end. The jaded DJ. Oh, God. Yeah, this, uh, what's it all about? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's what that's that's what this episode is. Jake's Cohen. Yeah. Conductor and composer. Shall I get his biography up? Please, please would you. Well, so we went to see Jake's back in, do you know, it was late November. Can you believe it? Was it really? It wasn't, yeah. was it December? Late November? I think it was November. Wow. Yeah. I know. It all merged together, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. It was a blur. Right, okay, here we go. Here is an official biography. Yes. Jake Cohen is known equally as a conductor and composer. As conductor, he's worked with 
Kremerata Baltica, National Symphony Orchestra of Ukraine, Bucharest Symph- uh, Philharmonic, Albania Radio and Television Symphony Orchestra, BBC Concert Orchestra, and countless other groups in the UK and abroad. His compositions have been commissioned and performed internationally by Sophia Soloists, Romanian Radio, Radio Chamber Orchestra, Onyx Brass, Fitzwilliam String Quartet, Piatti String Quartet, and Primrose Piano Quartet, among many others. His string orchestra arrangements of such works as Mazorsky's Pictures and at, at an Exhibition are fast becoming staples of the repertoire. He has also recorded a number of CDs which have received excellent reviews in the international press. Oh. Yeah. I always worry when I start doing a list of orchestras because I just know there'll be something <laughs> that I won't be able to pronounce. Uh, yeah, what what was the cremerata you were saying? Yeah, it's cre- it is, it's not cremerata. As I was saying, I was thinking, this is one. This is going to be doubted. It's cremerata, spelled K-R-E. Yeah, cremerata. Sounds like a cake. Oh, it sounds lovely, doesn't it? I had for my birthday a cremerata Baltica. It's lovely. I must just quickly add, he is music director and principal conductor of the Cohen Ensemble. Ensemble. God, I can't say the simple word. Uh, Who perform regularly at London Southbank Centre and around the UK. Oh, yes. There you go. Brilliant. And he's um, married to Michelle Taylor Cohen. That's right. They Former are married, guest. aren't they? They are indeed. Hence, the, the, hence the, the Cohen. The same, same name. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Former and, guest uh, and wonderful human being. So it's lovely to have yeah. the pair. Yeah, you, we've got the we've got the two, the the, the set. <laughs> The two sets. The pair. There we are. I was trying to think, what do you call it when the two are the same thing? The duet. No. The duet. No. Hey, Jake's can talk, can't he? He's fascinating, but... Yeah, he can. I mean, he definitely sets a world record during this this interview on... Yeah. On answer. We asked him a question. We all hear early on. And the, the answer is, I'd say, a good 20 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> that's impressive it is impressive um i've got to be honest i haven't actually edited this podcast yet oh is it just going to be completely free-flowing then <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it could be i could actually cut out all the questions that we ask <laughs> and just put well, whatever the first question is yeah say uh hey what, what did you have for your breakfast or whatever and then we just put together all his answers and then you don't hear from <laughs> us again I think you should do that. It will back up back up these bold statements, won't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But, well, I mean, I think uh, we should um, get into the chat. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> I think that would be a very good idea. Yeah. And then we'll come back and um, put a little, little chat at the end. Lovely. So, it sounds like we're going to tell someone off, but uh, we're not. <laughs> it does. Maybe we, we are. Come, come back. We just, I think we need to just have a little chat. See me after. Yeah. Uh, right, this is um, our chat with Jake's Cohen. It's lovely to come here to the home to the home of the Lloyd's Choir. Yes, that's and right. And home of the Cohen Ensemble as well, would you say? Oh, well, I hadn't thought of it that way. But <laughs> now that you say it, um, we've probably done um as many concerts here as anywhere else right. yes yes okay so yes. your new home really yes yes well <laughs> yeah well the thing is with Lloyd's choir i started doing them a very long time ago and 
Because you never know when you first leave college, you end up saying yes to everything and you don't know which things you're going to end up doing for a long time. And I've stayed with them for all kinds of reasons. And so I've sort of, this church has sort of become an integral part of my weekly musical life, you know, rehearsing, coming here to rehearse the choir on a Monday lunchtime. And then um, because the choir is used for all kinds of services, so I end up doing the services here as well. I mean, they're only about three or four a year, but still it's a strange thing to end up doing. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. What, the services, what do you do in the services? You, uh... So the, the Lloyd's Choir has a sort of reciprocal arrangement with the church. Right. So they let us rehearse here yeah. um, for free. Great. And also they use some of the space for the, the music and um, the cupboards here and everything. And um, in return, the choir does all their services. I see. As, the singing in it. Obviously, they would do that, wouldn't they, the choir? Probably yeah. That makes sense. So, so, yeah, they do, yeah, they you act. know. It's a bit yeah. of acting. Yeah. So, you know, in a service, you have hymns, and yeah. the choir does yeah. an intro and an anthem, or two pieces, and then maybe a psalm, nice. just a couple of things. And so the choir does it. So yeah. um, um, the, the full choir only does one service year, which is Remembrance, which we all mm. feel very special about. Mm. And then the choir does... Um, just a small group from the choir will do it. So some of them, they don't need a conductor, but for three or four, they do. And then I do those, which is, yeah, a strange thing I never ended up doing. Yeah. Um, no, uh, do you do Midnight Mass then? No, 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 we do. Um, so because it's St. Catherine's Church, there's a special thing for, for, for her. Yeah. And then there's a special thing for St. James's Day for some reason. And then there's some... Um, something called the lion sermon which is in october um of course i'm not always free to do them all but but when i am i can i do when i can the lion so it's a weird thing that this um guy sir john gare um about 370 years ago was went to um egypt and fell asleep in the desert. And when he woke up in the morning, there were footprints of a lion around him, but it didn't eat him. And he was so grateful that he gave a sort of um, a stipend so that every year they do they get a guest speaker. Sometimes really important people, or famous people like Brian, I think the guy who survived being a hostage in oh. blank, Brian. The, the one who was tied to radio. Yes, exactly. Yes. Brian. Brian. Keenan. Keenan. I know exactly Brian. who. No, you've got two mixed up I'm there. Thinking the other You're guy. thinking of the other I've guy who was famous at the same time for having a terrible time. Yeah, he had a terrible um, time. Yeah, he but did. he came and talked. Simon Weston, you were thinking yeah, yeah. of, and and they do yeah. it for a butt of Malmsey or something. Um, <laughs> that was tradition, you know, a traditional thing in the eighth, in the sixteenth, seventeenth century. If you've got you know a huge <laughs> barrel of wine or whatever it was, and then they just give him a bottle and probably something uh, else. So oh. so we do all these we do all these services, but it's weird also mm. because uh, I didn't realise when I first started doing this choir, I knew nothing about choral mute, well, choral singing. Yeah. And actually, if you're a conductor, you, it's a crucial thing. I mean, in Adrian Bolt's book on conducting, you've got to know about this. It's one of his crucial, mm. you know, formidable requirements. And it's obvious. And and I knew nothing. So I learnt it, you know, I, I thought, well, I've got to learn about this. I got some singing lessons. I and And I've learnt... You know, that's become a, a huge part. And also as a composer, really interesting thing is that often some composers, they only can set music to a text. 
you know, that's how they are. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all completely different. There are others who can't go near that. But for a lot of people, that's the first thing they do. And with my composition students, one of the first things I say is, um, I had one who who really wanted composition and she had a feeling for it, but didn't know how to go about it. So I said, well, we can do this, write a short piano piece using these notes or doing it this way. You know, I had a whole sort of list of different ways, different pathways. I said, one is just set a text. She said, I think I'll do that. So we spent the first couple of sessions, lessons, looking at texts, short texts, um, and also because the ones, the students that I feel I'm most able to help are where things I've had difficulty with. Um, and so we found a text and she wrote a very short piece for choir and that sort of started her on a path. She found a pathway into composition. Eventually she wrote instrumental stuff as well. Now for me, I, I was only interested in instrumental composition. I mean, I developed relatively late anyway, but having finished college, started conducting this choir, having never written not only in a choral piece, but having never actually set any words to music. It's amazing you go through, because you yeah. were at Oxford, right? Yeah. And then the Royal College. It's amazing yeah. that there wouldn't be one module which was like, sorry, Jace, you have to do that now. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, never, is, especially at Oxford. I don't know that, if that's a big preconception. I would have thought choral music there would be quite You would. Major. Well, the thing about Oxford is that, and Cambridge, is that it's not an environment where you are taught. It's an environment where you learn. And that, really suits me and all my students know it's kind of a mantra they all know jakes doesn't believe in teaching jakes <laughs> believes in learning you know so and i'm what they're saying outside teach the yourself yeah exactly yeah. Jakes, yeah. jakes doesn't believe in teaching he just sits there has a coffee yeah. puts well, his feet off. well yeah that's that <laughs> no no <laughs> not <laughs> true <laughs> well i have a coffee while i'm teaching but 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 it's funny because i'm the head of the department there i thought well there's no point in you know i just it just came out and i thought well i'm probably taught myself out of out of the job um and um i she'd already had me there for a while doing stuff i mean i do one morning a week and then i do occasionally do a seminar on something like on a specific technique or often con at the, i'm doing one at the moment on conducting for composers because obviously all composers need to know how to conduct and that's something that i have some experience about um and um so i said i don't believe in teaching and she said actually that's exactly the you're exactly why you're here. I want someone who thinks that. But so it's teaching them to helping them to how to teach themselves. But the thing about I've always feel um, I've been, a, you know, a sort of self-taught. So you go there and um, when I, it's changed slightly. But but when I was at Oxford, you'd have um, you'd have some lectures, maybe half a dozen a week. And what would happen was everyone would turn up in the first week to the lecture then after, in the second week, there would be maybe half a dozen people there and at least five of them would be actual students of that lecturer. So they were obliged to go. And after that, probably two or three, no one went. So, you know, you really, if you do an art subject, if you do maths, I think you have to go to the lectures because you won't just won't know what you're supposed to do. But otherwise, you just don't. You have a, so you have a tutorial um, two tutorials a week, and if you do an art subject, you have to do two essays a week. Um, right. And the, so the rest of the time, um, you just do what you want. So what, what I worked out my routine, like most people after a while, they work out that the best routine is, say if your tutorial's on Monday, um, you go to your tutorial and, and he says, um, the, the guy or whoever, is, uh, whoever your lecturer is says, you write an essay on something. And usually it's something you don't know anything about. My first week I had to... Said so in, in, in a week's time, come back with an essay on Schutz. 
Right. And I knew one piece by Schutz I'd heard ever. You know, that um, is probably the most famous piece, The City. Not Zal, Exactly. Fast for Fox Du Miss. Good one. Yeah, it's a great piece. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yes, come on, Nailed it. Zal, 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 Zal. Yes. Fast for Fox Du Miss. Why are you. Um, <laughs> it's, that. it's that bit in, 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 um, in, in, in the New Testament where um, Paul who was right. originally called Saul, he's persecuting yes. all these Christians, he's on the road to Damascus, and the light, blinding light comes, and Jesus' um, voice says, why are you persecuting me? And that can, that changed him, and then he became not only a fervent follower of Jesus, but he went about converting people. And actually, he's the big, that's the reason why there are so many Christians, historically speaking, yeah. is that because Paul was such a fervent PR man for <laughs> you can get into that all that. He started that bakery, didn't he? The, uh, yeah, he did. That French yeah. patisserie. On the side, but, yeah. On the side left. Yeah. <laughs> it's one around the corner. I think. Right. Yeah, I think they've gone bust, actually, oh, Sam. Yeah, right. I think they've gone oh, under. Right. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's you. Sorry, you yes. go to. But yes, yeah, so you, you were asked to do an essay on shirts. Shirts. That's how yeah. we got to that. Yeah. So I had because we could talk. We could talk a lot about St Paul. I've got a lot to say about St Paul. Oh, please. But do. I'm not an expert. That's but... the same St Paul, is it? St Paul's Cathedral, is it? I assume so. Right. Okay. Got it. Good. I assume so. Education. Really, not I'm not an not expert. Bacon, this but... is really, you know, yes. <laughs> So, so um, that was the only that yeah. I, it was that piece, and it's an amazing piece because it's lots of I think it's two or three choirs yes. spread apart, and it's antiphonal, and he learned that from Gabrielli, and that was one of the anyway. So I had to come back having written an essay on on Schutz knowing something about Schutz, and every week was like that, um, which was fantastic. I think it was really slagged off that course, but I think it was fantastic every week. The history course is really interesting, but obviously it does have its flaws. Because um, in your final paper, you have to do um, you have to do two papers on the history of music, and and then you have all kinds of options. You have you know harmony, pastiche. Um, one of your options you can do composition if you want to, um, which I did, which we'll come to. So two history papers on the history of Western music. Yeah, obviously yeah. Western music. Yeah. You can do a paper on ethno music on you know, but obviously it is very very Western based. Um, now. If you were going to put a date, you know, so there has to be a dividing line, the early stuff and the late stuff. So when would you, Seb, when would you put the date on, you know, um, the early stuff and the late stuff? 1977. Right. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that because yeah. there is, you still, if you were going to do music since 1977, there would be so much, yeah. you know, so much yeah. you would have to learn. Yeah. So I, I think I think that would be, I think that would be probably better than where it was. Well, where would you go for it? I'm going... 1750. Yes, yeah, 1750. Okay, it was 1600. Oh, right. So you have... What? <laughs> what happened That's then? That's a lot. So, yeah. so you have one paper on everything from Monteverdi, you know, to Beethoven, Mozart, you know, um, Tchaikovsky. No, they don't really. They didn't really like Tchaikovsky, um, but um, right. um, uh, people, rubbish, you know, Wagner, yeah, Wagner, <laughs> Schubert, they like um, Wagner, Stravinsky, Cage, yeah, you know all, the, all these composers, and then everything, and then there one paper, okay. just as many. You know, had to do three essays or four essays on that, and four essays on everything before, before Monteverdi, yeah, Masha, <laughs> people, bird. people in most, yeah, yeah bird. Going, no, birds a bit pal- late. That's, bird. That's really modern, no. for God's sake. <laughs> Get with the program, yeah, Jake bird. Bird. Anyway. Jade Bird, I was Jade thinking, Bird. yeah, do you know her? It's great, she a singer, yeah, oh, um, <laughs> Palestrina. 
Palestrina is um, just on the borderline, but most most of his stuff I think was written after sixteen hundred. So, oh yeah, what? actually fifteen. Palestrina was fifteen. Oh God, what was fifty? Yeah, Palestrina on the border. So Masho, Masho. Um, oh, fantastic composer. Oh, fantastic composer. You know that's not his fault. No. <laughs> um, Perrotin. Leon in these um, Notre Dame composers, um, Philip Denary, um, some really extraordinary, I mean, it's really some really weird stuff. Yeah. Right. In a way, it's almost like studying contemporary composers mm. or or composers, when I say comp- post-war composers, because they were having to invent things from scratch. They didn't know what everyone else was doing. Um, and rather unlike people like Boulez and Stockhausen, who deliberately shut themselves off, tried to think, right, I want to create something new, mm. they had no choice. But but that is a sort of strange foible of the course. Yeah. It's probably, I'm sure it's different now. Actually, I'm not sure. But it, it, it might well be different now. But but what was really good about it was it was an environment in which you could just learn stuff. Yeah. And so what you do is you'd have this tutorial, say, on Monday, and then um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you'd go out with your mates, you'd have beer, you'd do orchestras, which had nothing to do with the course. You know, you'd play things, you conduct things, yeah. you do your writing, whatever. Then Saturday, you think, oh, well, maybe I ought to start sort of reading around <laughs> the subject. <laughs> Sunday, yeah. you sort of maybe do a little bit more. Or then suddenly it would get to about nine, nine, ten o'clock. Shows on, and then it's <laughs> yeah. um, songs yeah. of praise. It's uh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, no. Master Chef, the original version. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets about ten o'clock um, Sunday evening. You think, oh god, I've got to, oh, shit, I've got to write this essay. Yeah. So um, you'd be up until the early hours writing this, you know, until oh. or perhaps all night. <laughs> yes. And actually, um, my tutorial partner, who I'm still fantastic guy I'm still really good friends with and we were at Hartford College which is the one that Oxford with the Bridge of Sighs oh, and yeah. in our first year we li- lived on either side of this bridge so all night long in the areas we'd be hopping backwards and forwards across this bridge you know exchanging books and scores <laughs> right I'll have this one for an hour right you know <laughs> and you see other people you know mathematicians or whatever it is you know doing the same thing <laughs> oh yo, you got an essay to, to do for tomorrow yeah yeah but the point is you taught yourself and you'd learn I remember an uncle of mine who was um he was professor he is well he was prof- he's an economics expert but he was professor of economics at Sussex University he says you'll find when you go there you'll learn at least as much from your peers as you will from tutors so it's about teaching yourself yeah so this is a very long way of getting around to saying when I went to the college again really they just left you to it you didn't really have all the opportunities so um, when I left um, Oxford I had a place to do um, composition at the Northern, and then um, um, also um, uh, a place to do conducting at the college. And I chose conducting at the college, well, because they sort of made me an offer I couldn't refuse. They offered to pay me all my fees and everything. Um, But also I wasn't confident about sort of, I was still developing my composition. I wasn't confident about being told, oh, just compose all the time. Will I be able to do it? And actually with conducting, it's more sort of specific. It's much harder in some ways, but, you know, if we get an orchestra together, you can conduct. So I was basically at the college at that time. Academy was much more prescriptive. You had lessons. But the college suited me more because it was about teaching myself. But having got out of college... Conducting this choir, I had never actually ever set any words to music. I'd written orchestral pieces, I'd written, you know, lots of pieces, never done it at all. And so when I find another student who doesn't know the way, I, I can t- show them some ways. I can show them the way that I found. If that doesn't work, I can think of another way. The key was 
that I love poetry and I love reading and I love... But if you've got a really great poem, it's already got music in it because of the way the poet uses the sounds of the words and the atmosphere. And if you add music, it's like it covers that up. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and then I suddenly... I can't remember how it happened exactly, but um, I was looking at some Shakespeare songs and... Um, I think it was actually, I was looking through, I thought I must write, every year we do this Christmas concert here, and and I asked a couple of friends to write some pieces, and I thought I really should do one myself. And then I looked through an anthology, and I discovered on setting of Blow, Blow, Thou Winter Wind, or Blow, Blow, Thou Winter Wind, um, it's pronounced wine because it rhymes with find, I think. <laughs> so, and I thought, actually, Shakespeare was the key because there's something about when in a Shakespeare play, there's a text where he means it to be set to music. It has a different quality. Mm. He obviously had an innate musical sense. He, I mean, I don't know if he was a, a musician, but it has a quality, it invites that extra dimension. When you've got words like that, it's almost impossible to set it badly. Um, obviously there are people who can set it much better than others, but I suddenly thought, I can set this, and that was the key. So whenever I have a student who says, I want to set something to it, I say, well, look, here you go, Shakespeare, and you look at all the Shakespeare songs. The other one person who is absolutely fantastic like that, and I don't, I still maintain there is no one who is quite as good for a musician is Blake. Yeah. Blake is just amazing the songs of innocence and of experience and um you know a few other things where where oh this is going to be set to music because blake actually set them to music himself yeah, we don't ask, know did he, did, he did, did but yeah. we don't have any he didn't write them down or anything right. um i heard this guy on the radio who made a big thing about sort of singing them as though he was blake and i don't really know quite <laughs> what the has um, he channeled him? Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask him, but I think it was um, yes. But Derek Akora. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Akora sings William Blake. Yeah. I'd pay good money to I'm go really see that. There are lots of people. There are lots of people I would pay good money to hear sing William Blake. But yeah, but um, yeah. Um, so that that was the key. So um, so, so the, this choir that that was a long, very very long way of saying this choir has helped me, um, I wouldn't have written. So I've ended up on a journey. So I ended up writing lots of unaccompanied pieces. But then um, actually, after what was only, uh, we do a, a concert, at least one concert a year with orchestra. And it was only a matter of time before I thought, actually, I should really do a big piece. And they commissioned a big piece, which was actually, I did a setting of Blake, lots of Blake um, songs. Yeah. And then I got interested in sort of more, biblical things and um what we were talking about to do with St Paul relates to this because it's sort of um a very um like a lot of people have a very interesting or strange relationship with faith and it, it, them being a choir that does services me being having a Jewish background has sort of that weird combination pushed me into writing some really, which were for me very interesting projects, which I wouldn't have had otherwise. So I've certainly got a lot out of it. I have hope that they have as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. Would yeah. be different? The path that they've taken musically is different from a, what they would have done otherwise, from what other choirs do. So at least it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Longest answer ever. I think. Yes, oh God! <laughs> right, I'll shut up now. No, brilliant. <laughs> no, really good. Brilliant. There's so many layers within that. There's, yeah. really, there's mm. so many things to go back on. Like, um, 
Well, I just while we talk about Shakespeare and stuff. So that those songs, because most of his text is tends to be in that sort of iambic pentameter, right? It's sort of, a lot of it. A it's lot got, of it is. It's got, it's got a certain. That's got a rhythm to it. Of yes. Course. Now those songs. Would you be able to? Is there a certain like definite rhythm to to those songs, or could could you compose any rhythm? No, like, be, could you put many different rhythms on top of those those words? Yes, you can do it lots of different... Yes. What's yeah. fascinating is often I look at a text and I think um, it's ine- it, it, this is the way it has to be. Mm. And a good setting, you know, any good setting, it seems inevitable. Any yeah. great... It seems inevitable that it was set... And I often say this to my students, it's got to seem inevitable. And I, I had a really good student the other day who'd written a really good piece and you could tell it was a good piece because I said... It's almost inevitable, but not quite. And they were coming, why does it not seem inevitable? And so we point this bit, this bit, this bit. And so it's fascinating because on the one hand, you hear a great setting of like Ave Maria's being set so many times. Yeah. Um, Schubert, Bruckner. We, I was looking at the Bruckner one and, and it seems inevitable. And yet each setting is completely different. And yet they all seem inevitable. Wow. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, and the, the the layers of that, because, you know, you listen to a great performance of a great piece. A, most great pieces can be played lots of ways. And you hear it done a certain way and you think that's the way it has to be. Yeah. Then the next day you'll hear someone else do it and think exactly the same thing. Mm. Yeah, wow. that's so true. Yeah. And it's, that is having that integrity for your, doing it the way that yes. you feel it and hear yeah. it and your style and things. I guess so. it's also finding your voice, I guess, yes. to then... Make to get that inevitability into it. Yes, uh, yeah. Now that I mean, the, the getting the voice, your own voice thing. It's interesting because we all composers, when they're at their early stages, they all worry about it because they want their they want to have their voice. Because we all know mm. with composers, you listen, that sounds like him, that sounds like her, that sounds like this. No, it sounds like Beethoven, or it sounds like a Lily Boulanger, or it sounds like mm. Mozart. And so they're always anxious about it, as I was. And what I always say is, I says, don't worry about it. Just keep doing it. It will happen. Yeah. Because the problem you're going to have is once you've got your techniques and sounds which work for you, then you've got to be careful that you don't just get Locked into the same old because, and we know this with composers. Oh, well, he's just doing that thing again. Um, But we've always got, and even with really good composers, you have those works where they're just in their comfort zone. You've always got to be a bit on edge. The best works are always the ones where they're they're trying something new, where they don't quite know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, So um, yeah. So what was the other thing you said about? um, Oh yeah, the inevitability. So that that was really interesting. The other thing was about. Um, blow blow thou winter winds and a couple of the others the first few things I said is I hadn't heard anyone else set them um, and that's still the case mm. now it's great but it happened after a while it was inevitable you set something which you, you know a, a setting of and especially if you know a really good setting it's really hard yeah like um, I did a setting of Omanium Mysterium. Now that's another text that's intrinsically musical it's got this atmosphere about it and so many composers have set it so many different ways. I don't know a bad setting. Yeah. Some are better than I'm sure there are some bad settings because whenever I say, you know, you can't do it badly, <laughs> I find actually you can. But but there are so many good settings and they're so amazingly different. And I thought, well, I'll never do that because also it's very, it's very overtly um, Christian, you know. And I thought, but it's such a good... I thought, but... If I did do it, how would I go about it? And of course, before you know it, I'd, I'd sort of gone and done it. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. In March, we're about to perform the fourth big piece of a choir and orchestra, which I've done for this choir. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I was going to ask you oh, about right. this. So what Well, what are you setting for that, first oh, of all? Oh, so, well, that, that came about in a really strange way because I did, I've, so I've done three, before that I've done three pieces, this Blake piece. Then really weirdly, I did this piece called Passion Fragment, um, which again, I never thought, I wouldn't set a passion. It's so, it's all about Christianity. But... Um, we, Michelle and I went to this um, um, exhibition of um, Caravaggio, and I knew nothing about Caravaggio. Oh, I love Caravaggio. Yeah, yeah I knew nothing about him. So what good. was really good, and I, you know, often I find it, I think, I find it quite weird when you go to an exhibition, because I've never really known that much about art, and you go, and you suddenly immerse yourself in all these paintings, and, and it's just too much, really, because yeah. you don't have the, you know, suddenly it's like... What's that called? There's a, a syndrome... Where you see too much amazing, or you hear too much beautiful music, or you say, "What's it called?" I don't know. It's a very oh. specific syndrome you can have, where you get actually get become ill because you've seen too much good stuff. Because <laughs> oh, you always feel unwell when you go to an art gallery. I always feel <laughs> a bit sick, a bit sickened. Yeah. I'm never the right temperature. I always get a bit hot. Yeah. Yeah. You always get standing your coat, around. You put your coat well, on. That's you true. Hold your coat. Yeah, that you know, is. You're standing around. You're not <laughs> yeah. sitting out. I mean, you do sit occasionally, but but you do you stand around and you never know how long to look at a painting. <laughs> If I, if I move away too quickly, someone will think, well, he's, he's a, you know. Doesn't he's, know anything. He's <laughs> anything. If you look too long and think, well, he's a prat, he's just showing off, yeah. you know. Well, this well, was a three-minute you know. You nod sagaciously, <laughs> yes, mm, you know. It's a three-minute, yeah. yeah. This is a Ten big one. Ten seconds for that one. That, I'm not even going to stop for that yeah. one. You know if they've got seats in front of it that you've got yeah. time. Yes. You've got time there. Yeah, and you don't know what, 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 what I normally do. I've, I've got into the habit of I walk into the room and I quickly look around and I think, well, I'll look at that one. One, that one and that one. Oh, but you're not supposed to look at that one. You, how could you possibly? Did you not know he walked straight past? Him? But, <laughs> yeah. but the thing about this exhibition, there were about I think it was something like twelve paintings. It was like it really was. Yeah. It, it was that few. So it was fantastic because you really could. And they were late paintings. And he's a fascinating character. Yes, isn't yes. He? His whole so, history and and he because he he died very. Uh, was he, he, he was, was exiled from Rome yes. because he killed a man That's after right. a tennis match in what? the uh, like Piazza <laughs> Fury. Yeah, he, they had a tennis match. He got into a fight, but then the church protected him because he was so good at painting. Yeah, and they they wanted him to work for them, even though he was a rogue. And so he did all these paintings. He got exiled to Naples, I think, and he's done all these amazing ones for the church. But they've always got like a bit of a dark edge to oh, them, yes. haven't they? Well, the, very... the late ones, because at that point he knew. 
or thought. Um, he knew that he didn't have long to live, right? Because because of the death yeah. threat on him or something. Oh yeah, or, they were always well, after him, weren't they? I think I yeah. think yeah. Nick's on the spot at the tennis or something. Yeah, somebody said that it was very annoying. Yeah, somebody said it was in. Somebody said it was out. Yeah, he was so angry about it. He just killed uh, him. The ball was on the line. He was the John McEnroe. Chuck dust. Chuck dust. Did he in his later period then? What did he start? putting in some freaky like did he get a bit surreal at all like they were just very and stuff, or, like things just, like, blo- usually just blokes in a dark room with a, with a candle usually, yeah right? loads of that but then he's very got things dark. like John the Baptist which is in the National Gallery oh, he's got right. that. Got but there's some, lots yeah. of kind of just very dark material and also in the background just people's expressions and things it's all just kind of it's yeah. edgy it's much more it's muted edgy. like they it, what they did was there was a two oh, I've forgotten what it's called um uh, where Jesus appears after he um, after he's resurrected, and um, two of the disciples, I think it is, they he sees them, he meets them, he's sitting at a table or something, and their reaction when they realise it's him, and they had two paintings, one two versions of this by Caravaggio, one was an early one where they're. <gasps> <laughs> and their big expressions. The second one was yeah. much more muted, right? Which or the late painting was much more. Oh. It had a had a much darker edge to it. Yeah. And there's a one of the, one of his most famous paintings is David holding up the head of Goliath after he's That's chopped it. his head Not off. Not John the Baptist. And you see, Sorry. and the head of Goliath, I think, is a self portrait of Caravaggio. It is his and himself, oh. um, knowing that he's going to die. And actually, um, it was pointed out that one of the eyes. Goliath is in the moment of death because um, when you cut someone's head off or there's a reaction like um, when Mary, Queen of Scots, was beheaded, she was still, she was saying her prayers when they chopped oh. her head off and that, their mouth was still moving For when they held longer. the head up. So when, when, when David holds Goliath's head up, one of the eyes is dead, is completely dead, but one of them is still alive, that he's in the moment of passing from life to death. Oh, so, yeah. so these, anyway, this... So this be, able, be able to paint that as well. Like, I know. To go, that oh, was alive, uh, that was dead. Incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. incredible. So there's one picture there, the denial of St. Peter, um, where there's Peter guilty because he's denied Christ. And it, it suddenly occurred to me, I thought, oh, that's a that's a subject for, for an oratorio because the denial is in the, all the passions. But but I thought that the passion doesn't particularly interest me, but that um, where he denies Christ three times, it's a fantastic musical structure because yes. the problem with drama is if you put it into music, there's always drama is, is narrative. Is, is linear. It goes forward. It changes from one thing to another. Whereas musical shapes like ternary form tend to rely on to make it cohere in time. You have to have some kind of rep- repetition or re- reference back. Um, so the whole history of dramatic music, whether it's oratorio or opera, or whatever, is about how composers find solutions to that problem. Mm. Um, so um, I thought that's brilliant because you've got the drama, but at the same time, so there's the three repetitions. So I interspersed um, some. Um, English texts, texts in English from Martin Luther King and Edmund Burke, all about because the piece is all about how the, um, what happens when good men, Peter, don't do do nothing. He doesn't do anything, and for me, that's been hugely resonant um, both in life because we've all been in that situation, yeah. but also historically, and um, because all the bad things that happen. You know, I mean, the obvious thing is the Holocaust. Um, um, but these all happen when the point about the Holocaust, the reason why 
we, we always it have to be, you know, we're acutely aware of it because it's the most, one of the most horrific things we can possibly imagine. And people did it, but it happened because they were normal people. You know, that we it's easy, we think we're their monsters, mm. but they were people. They were people who did normal jobs, who had families, who loved their children, who were, you know, p- before the war, after the war, were perfectly nice, ordinary people. We're all potentially monsters. If we all remember that we're potentially monsters, then we have a chance of 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 keeping it, of behaving okay, of making sure yeah. it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So so I had to write that piece. So um, so the creation piece, I thought, well, I'm not going to write another piece. But this amazing, um, there's an amazing woman called Christine Didelow who sang in lots of choirs. And she was, um, um, so she became the chief executive of, and founder of the Stang- International Sangerstevner Festival. I think I've pronounced that right. And that's an international thing that they have. I think it started in Scandinavia, where they have interna- have lots of choirs, a bit like an Eisteddfod. Mm. Um, but they all there's nothing, no competitive element. They all just sing together. Um, and um, she was f- fanatical about chorusing. Anyway, she joined Lloyd's Choir, and um, on discovering that she was terminally ill, she was only 49, suddenly have very, very advanced, aggressive cancer. She suddenly decided she wanted to um, commission a piece from me. So um, we did... Oh, we t- pres- Pressure? Well, yeah. Um, now I think about it, it was all very weird. I think a lot of things, when you think about them in retrospect, and you think, God, how did... Yeah, anyway, because um, we did this big... So she organised the Sanger Stevna in at Cadogan Hall. Mm. And um, she was already very ill by then. And um, we took part in it, along with lots of other choirs, and she managed to get herself just well enough to attend the event. And um, um, so I went and spoke to her, and she said, I I want to commission a piece from you. And she said, come to the hospice, and, you know, when when you've got a moment, talk to me. Anyway, um, Brian, who let us into the church, who's very involved in the choir, he's our accompanist, he said... um, He'd been talking to her and he'd been to see her in the hospice the day before. And he said, if I were you, I'd make it sooner rather than later. She's not, she's a lot iller than she looks. She's drugged up to the eyeballs. Mm. Um, so I went the next day and I said, she said, I want a big, I said, the thing is, I said, if you want a piece for next year, we can do, a, you know, it would have to be a short piece. She said, no, 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 no. I don't want a 10 minute piece. I want a big piece, big piece. And um, I said, I don't have any idea of a subject or anything. She said, I know you'll think of it. I I, I said, well, is there any subject? No, whatever you come up with, I'm sure we'll be fine. Um, So we had a really very intense but really lovely conversation. Um, So I said, I'll come back in a few days and have a think. She passed away at midnight that night. Um, So her friend, um, Pretty Colbert, um, took over sort of the organising. We sorted it out. And so, yes, eventually I came up. Now, the reason the reason I came up with creation, so creation is she wanted a big subject, a big piece. You don't get bigger than that. No, well done. <laughs> I never thought I would do it. But what happened was I I'd originally came up with this idea, a Missa Omnibus, like a mass for everyone with sort of different faiths and everything. And I put together, I actually got as far as putting together a text and it just didn't feel right because also pieces like that, they can be a bit... Uh, you know, unless you really genuinely believe, you know, we've all played pieces where the composer's trying to tick boxes and it never, if, unless you've got to believe, you've got to feel it. Mm. Um, and it's funny because while I was putting together the text, we were on a visit to Oslo 
um, being go to Oslo quite a lot because I've got my publishers are there. And but we decided to rent an apartment for a week with Michelle and her dad. Um, and Michelle's dad, who sadly passed away um, a couple of years ago, always such a wise, sensible person. And I said, I don't, you, whatever it was, you know, he didn't know anything about music, but he'd always have something. And he'd say, you know, I said, there's something. He said, well, why don't you finish the text you've got? Then you'll know how you feel about it. So I did. And I said, I still don't feel right about it. He said, you've got to go with your feeling. And I said, I can't remember how the creation idea floated into my head. But again, the key was because if you set creation, like Haydn's creation is a fantastic piece, but he believed it. He believed. And also it's very positive because it's a reflection of the enlightenment that actually, you know, he believed that there was a benevolent God and he believed that somehow, you know, it was all logical and it made sense to him. And also it was possible to believe then that the earth was made in seven days and whatever, you know, and I can't set that you know, thinking, well, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> you know, so, but then, so the the texts are interspersed with other texts, uh, basically about how we're buggering it all up. Yeah. Um, but I discovered, and it's funny because years ago, I discovered a um, a book of, of poetry by children um, who were um, at Terezin, who were killed in the Holocaust, nearly right. all of them. Um, but these, some of these poems are fantastic. And the, the ones that really stood up by a guy called Franta Bass, who was Czech, and he, he was murdered at Terezin when he was 14, so a bit like Anne Frank. And they're beautiful, simple poems. And there's one called The um, Rose, and it's about a rose, and this is a wonderful rose. And then the last verse... Oh, the rose has withered. And then the next one is about a garden. Oh, isn't the garden beautiful? But the last verse, and it says, oh, there's a little boy wandering along the path. Isn't that wonderful? The last verse, the little boy will be no more by the time it gets to spring. Um, and then there's the one about the world and how the world is revolving, but the world is dying. So I sort of interspersed those. And, and it's funny because I, I really wanted to set it, but I didn't know how or where it would pop up. And something I often say to my students is, if there's an idea you've got for a piece... And it's a really good idea, but somehow it doesn't fit with the piece. Don't worry, it will find a place. It yeah. might be years later, you never know when. Um, and the other one was a, a piece when I was at school. Um, first piece I, th I thought of setting, but had no idea how to do it. It was a piece by Louis MacNeese called Prayer Before Birth mm. about um, uh, a child before birth saying a prayer. And obviously, this was in the wake of World War II, it's very dark. So all these texts and others are interspersed with it. So it's a much darker piece, although it does have a sort of hopeful ending. But but I thought, yeah, so... And that's, yeah. this is the piece that's premiering in March? That's right, yeah. And where's that going to happen? So that's going to be at St Giles Cripplegate in the right. in the Barbican. With, ah, with, with the orchestra, so Fab. I'll be asking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes, yes. Uh, I'm asking and, you. And then you. But no, 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 Seb, yeah. I don't know if you remember you. The first time I met you, yeah. you have played for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, so you do I, remember? Well, yeah, because you said it to me. Oh, I told you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I obviously made such a strong impression. No, I, well, no, I'm sorry. But I have uh, a freaky memory. I have yeah, a really weird freaky memory. You came to our live show. We did. Yes, in, was it June? That was yeah. great. Yes, and I thought your band. Yes. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Yes. No. Well, but band. actually, it so could have been better. I thought you were banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Travis. There was one trumpeter who just, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, but you said to me, oh, yeah, I've conducted you before. Yeah. Um, and you remember, you remember what? Because I, I looked it up, it was 10 years ago, that gig. I realised that this morning it was 10 years yeah. ago because that was the 90th 
of anniversary concert. Right. And next year, this is for the centenary concert. Yeah. So, yes. We did um, Starbuck Master. That's right. Vorjak Starbuck Master. And Unfinished Symphony. Spot on. Because I looked it up yeah. in the email. Oh, very good. <laughs> and uh, yeah. three, three till six rehearsal. Yeah, that's seven, right. Seven to eight p.m. Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, but did you remember me? Like you, you, or did you look it up? Was that oh that um, guy? The name, I think the name was familiar, and right. I thought I'm sure he's played for us, so okay. I looked it up. Yeah. I mean, you've got a great memory then. I have a freakish memory. Freakish I remember memory. all kinds of ridiculously stupid yeah. stuff, but I can't remember um, really obvious things like... <laughs> Where you put your keys. Like, or, or, oh, oh, God, that. Yeah. No, hopeless. Hopeless. You yeah. know, I mean, I used to In do this... Freezer, I went into this habit of, of actually putting things somewhere sensible. That's the worst. If I put something somewhere sensible, I'll never yeah. be able to remember where no, it is. You exactly. leave things lying around, then I'll always find it within five minutes. Yeah. It drives Michelle mad. But she says... How can you not remember this? And yet you remember what someone said in a movie. <laughs> we turn on the telly and we're watching some movie from, you know, which I will have seen as a kid and say, the next line, that person's now going to say this. <laughs> and, and and they do. Yeah. yeah. That, that, there's no... To be a fellow watcher of a movie with you must be an ex- <laughs> yeah. a tricky experience, um, Jace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be mildly irritating. Just ruining all films. So, but anyway, your gig's next, when is it? March, April, you say? March. March. Um, 23rd. Oh, it's easy to remember. 23, 3, 23. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Thursday. in your diary. So I will not... I have... have You've got a list of people. I have two regular trumpeters. Yeah, who does that? Um, So I have um, Torbjorn Hultmark and Ellie Lovegrove are our regular players. But obviously, if and when they can't do it, yes... They, they are great players. Yeah. Please ask. You're going well, to be in Australia, Sarah. You're going to be in Australia. Yeah, in March. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to oh. be in Australia, so I can't, right. can't so, do it, unfortunately. I feel like you're PA. <laughs> Thanks. Forgot no, that. Seb, you're going to be in Australia. Don't you? can't <laughs> yeah. say yes to that, all right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You are listening to Three in a Pod. We talk to musicians about their life. If you like this show, you can give us... Five stars on iTunes or a cast or other things like that. So when I was talking to Michelle, and I'm sure you've said this as well, uh, she always says to me, I'd say, what's Jake's writing? And she'll say, well, he's got some massive idea, some <laughs> huge orchestration. And I say, come on, you know, bring it down. He says, but mm, that's very right, hard yeah. to temper that. And mm. do you what, even want to? I mean, what's your, what's your approach? Do you think I've got this huge idea? I want to compose it, so I'm going to do it. Yes, you do. But you have to also be practical. She's absolutely right, and I am aware of that. So it's it's all, um, like anything, it's a compromise. So there are pieces that you write. Um, there are different kinds of composers, and there are different kinds of conductors, and there are different kinds of everything, cellists, whatever. And all of us... Um, um, there are as many different ways to be a whatever it is, to be a composer or conductor violinist, whatever it is, as there are composers or conductors. And I, um, and and this is what I'm talking with my, I'm sort of like talking, I'm, like I'm talking to my students, but I tell this to them because I've learned this. No one taught me this. And so I tell them this because I think it's really important. Um, and it's also to, to relate to learning, not teaching. You have to find your own path. Um, and so there are as many different ways to be a composer as there are composers. So you've got to find your way. Um, when I first, uh, again, a long digression, but hopefully not too long. When I first... Um, you know, when you're trying to work out what you want to do. And I always knew I wanted to compose. And I knew I wanted to, I, I think I knew I wanted to 
conduct like a lot, most conductors before they really know what conducting is because you only really, you know, and there are lots of, again, lots of my, I get these students who are fixated. They're sure they want to be conductors. So part of my job is to make them understand what conducting is. And a lot of them, when they realise, uh, you know, what it is, or of course I tell them what I think it is, so it's a very partial view. But when they realise... Um, they think, oh, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Some of them, oh, no, I really, with me, when I realised it was the essence of it, and it's lots of different things, but the essence of it is really knowing the score. That's the absolute heart of it. That, I I hoped it was going to be about that. (laughs) Um, But... um, I remember when I was at university and I wanted to do a postgrad and I was, didn't know whether to do composition or conducting. And I asked someone who was a bit older than me, who was already making a career as a young conductor. And I said, I want to find a course where I can do both. I mean, as it turned out, I was officially doing conducting at the college, but I was still composing and having composition lessons on the side. And he said, there shouldn't be. You should be one or the other. And I thought, that doesn't seem right. And I cannot tell you now how strongly I disagree with that. Um, So you have to find your own way. Now, being a composer, there are some composers um, who... I mean, I met a while ago with Alex Heffers, fantastic, fantastic, very good and very successful film composer. And he said, I couldn't... I said, I can't do what you did, you know, because he has to be so... um, you know, he has to work to such a clear brief. And he said, well, I couldn't do what you do. Um, but he he's found that that works for him. So there are some composers who only write from the heart what they want to do. Um, if you want to make a living at it, you're going to have to be very, very lucky. I think, I mean, Burt Whistle did that and he was very talented and he was very lucky and that was great. So for most of the rest of us, um, you have to do a mixture. So um, there are certain pieces which I write just for me. There are certain pieces which they're all for me, but obviously you have to be practical as well. So, um, um, for example, the the CD that we're just um, editing now, um, which is, so that's a mixture of those things. So um, when um, I got into a discussion with Tete Tete, who have this big opera festival, and um, we just, they, we talked about, doing this this chamber opera and this was a really practical thing so a chamber opera uh for string quartet one singer so that's really practical but it is a really the intention was to write a really dramatic powerful piece which has all those things so that meets all those criteria when i write a piece for the choir obviously it has to be if it's for an amateur choir it has to be so that they can do it you can't just write any old intervals but also has that still it's possible to do all those things i mean all composers like schubert they did all those things so um every now and then there's a piece which i really feel i've got to write and so you write it and hope for the best so um for years on but the only thing is in in practical terms it always takes a back seat you have to prioritize the work that you're getting paid for that has a deadline so there were these two orchestral pieces i've been working on intermittently over the last few years, but it was always a bit here and there once I've sort of on top of everything else. The pandemic was a gift. So I had a few months, I wrote those two pieces, I completed them. That was a labour of So um, both of them, one of them's 40 minutes, the other one's 20 minutes. They're big pieces, they're difficult, you need a good orchestra. There's no compromise there. It's just, it's just you know, what I wanted to write. And I wrote them and hopefully... At some point or other, I'll find a way to get them done. But you just don't know. Sometimes you write a piece for you and then it really takes off. Yeah. Um, 
you know. So how do you get those p- perform then? Like, yeah. Do you have to get some sort of commission or, or do you just do it, pay for it yourself? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm, um, there's, yeah, I'm hoping, so with the one of them's called Ein Sternenzelt, so it's a set of variations all about constellations. So it's a bit like the planets, hmm. um, but um, it's based on a theme um, from Beethoven 9 where he talks about how we are all um, brothers together under the starry canopy oh. about brotherhood. Yeah. Um, and so it's also about that. But it's not one of the famous themes. It's the bit in the middle of the last movement where it goes into a transitional passage and the orchestra and the choir go into unison. It's really weird, this really weird 11-note theme. It's almost oh. like Schoenberg. It is just need a million. Oh, yeah. And you think, what the hell? Um, yeah. So what are you going to do with that, Beethoven? Oh, no, that's it. No, no that's more. It. No more. That's it. What? Why? Why? So so, so it's, it's based like on that theme. It's like a teaser for his, like, for yeah. his tenth symphony. He's like, no, this is a trailer. Yes. He never quite yes. made it. Yeah. Like in a Marvel yes. film, they just do like a... Yeah. A trailer and yeah, like, and after and, the credits. Yeah, yeah, yes. credits yeah. Yeah. The only other theme of Beethoven that I can think that's as weird and chromatic as that is the theme of the Grossa Fuga. And he does every possible thing with it. Yeah. And yet, anyway, so so it's all about that. So I think, I've got a feeling once it's, you know, I think it has a lot of, I think it would be really fun to play. Um, but so finding a way to do it. So either I need some really... Um, um, uh, uh, enterprising orchestra and conductor to take it on, um, or um, at some point I'll find a way to program it myself. What about the Royal College Junior Symphony Orchestra? Um, Is it be? Oh no, I think they could do it. They're very, very talented. If yeah, we have the right I'm sure rehearsal time, but um, they've already they've done. Um, um, they played a piece of mine a few years ago, and they're going to be playing another one of mine next month. So oh, I don't great. know how to push it, you know, because yeah. you say you know, every program. Yeah. So when you play in the room, you know, you go to learn about orchestral playing. What have you learned? Well, we learned how to play Jake's Cohen's music. You know, I'm actually obliged to give them some training. Not that they would learn a lot from it. Actually, if they can play, you know, learning that piece, they would find a lot. Yeah. Of, they would learn a lot about orchestra. They would, but I don't think I can justify it. I've got to say, you know, got to let's, you know. <laughs> Just, just play. What did you play this? Well, well. <laughs> you could put in a different program to the college. Say this is what they're doing, and then on the sly, yes, do your whole program, and then just change it over <laughs> yeah. on the concert day. Yeah. They never need time. Yeah, well, the no, thing no, no, about no. that orchestra is they are very talented. What what I always say to whenever we get a new member of staff, I say the thing about them is they can do everything. It just takes longer. Yeah, because the you know the, all the things that we've learned to do over the years, so that when you have a really difficult program if you have to put the right of spring together on one rehearsal you can do it mm. um and they can't they can play all these things but they can't they, they just need more time yeah so um it is feasible maybe one day we'll see so you say i mean they, they just take a bit longer to, to get to get to that level but but they get to that level yes absolutely um what, what's it like what's their attention like the are they are they do they respond to i mean are people on their I remember being on my phone quite a lot. <laughs> on <laughs> your phone? Yeah, just playing Snake or something. Cause, <laughs> yes. Because there'll be times where like, the, the, the woodwinds are rehearsing for like 20 minutes. And you're like, well, we're not. We're not no, that never, you know, we never rehearse that, you know, everyone's involved. You've yeah. got two hour, these, you know, these two, two hour sessions. Yeah, 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 so that's, that is the real challenge. Yeah. 
That is the real challenge. You've got to really organise your rehearsal because yeah, yeah. you know if you spend 20 minutes on some bit with the woodwind, then then something else is not going to get seen mm. for several weeks on end. Mm. What you don't want is that bit, which I'm sure we've you've, we've all had, but you get the concert day. Oh, I don't remember this piece. Yeah. Or I don't remember <laughs> this. Um, so that everyone knows what's coming over the next page. Everyone yeah. knows. And so it's a balance of rehearsing in detail. So uh, don't make any compromise at all. We're going to play this piece. We're going to do it, you know, oh, mm. never, oh, we got to do it this way because they're kids. Nothing like that. We're No compromises. I think it's absolutely essential. <laughs> but you've got to get a balance between playing through things so that people know how the whole piece fits together and also in, in, in absolute, in detail. Yeah. 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 That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. It must be very hard to manage in two hours because yes. that's not a lot of time for a symphonic no. concert, no. you know, a big program. It's, it's much harder than actually because if you've got a pro band on one rehearsal, it's quite clear what you've got yeah. to do. You know, you yeah. play it, play everything through, and then you do the bits you need, the most need to do, be done, and you yeah. prioritize, and that's it. Whereas, yeah, every yeah. week you've got to think. You do the with the pro band. You just do the corners, wouldn't yes. you? the tempo changes, and yes. things like yeah. that. Well, whatever it is that yeah. I mean, I'm still a great believer. It's funny because a lot of people don't seem to. I was going to say don't seem to know this, but actually that's that sounds quite arrogant. Don't seem to agree with this. But I've always in, instinctively, from when I first started, is playing through is really important. I mean, get the detail. But the first thing is even with, I mean, especially when we do a complicated new piece like this new piece, when we did that Exodus piece, yeah. I thought once you've played it through from beginning to end without a stopping, then at least we know that. we Everyone, yeah. I feel more confident. Yeah. And even the musicians who are very, very experienced know, whew, okay, yeah, right. Definitely. So that's that's it. We've, we've got that covered. Now let's see how much better we can make it in the time we've got. It's so true because actually I did something over the weekend where basically we'd never played it. We didn't ever rehearse it the whole way through, rehearse the bits we were in mm. and then yeah. and then it goes in. And then it's really terrifying because you think some move, some movements would start and I think, is that a silent bar, or is that yeah. bar? Is that bar one, yeah. or is that a, prepar a preparatory yeah. bar? Because there was, no, and I could see other people around me thinking the same thing. Mm. I was thinking this is going to be a terrifying entry. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, when you when you you know just <coughs> so we know. Yeah. Just yeah. You just know. want to know your, yes, your basic parameters. Don't yes, you? I remember once I did. I did when I was actually at college and it was one of those, you know, to do some weekend choral society thing. Mm. And it was a very long program. But weirdly, instead of just having a three hour rehearsal, we had a whole day. Um, but when it got to the, so we were doing Mozart C minor mass, my heart is indicting and just a whole, a big program of choral stuff. But we did have a whole day of rehearsal with the choir. But then when it got to the gig, we hadn't played, we hadn't even played everything and we hadn't played any single piece all the way through. And I thought, well, how is that? What? And I thought, what have we done? We haven't done anything de in detail. We haven't done what we were doing. What do we do? Were you running the rehearsals for that? No, no, no. no my... So <laughs> <laughs> he said it to himself. Yeah. And so, obviously, whoever was conducting was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what have we done? What have we done and today? Who was this idiot? Oh, it, was, it was you, actually, James. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, Oh, well, yes. never mind. <laughs> three. Um, it's interesting. One of your friends, because Michelle told me this, mm. the, three, the golden rule of three. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have at least two of the three things. Well, you have to have three. If you're anything oh. less than 100% in one of them, then you, you're exceptional oh, in the I other two. Oh, I see what you mean. 
Yeah. Yes. I yes. got this from... Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I remember yeah. hearing this. It's the triangle, isn't it? Now, yeah. so let's remember what they are. Ability. So you have to be impeccably good at your instrument. Yeah. Obviously. You have to be reliable. Pun- yeah. So that you're a hun- totally punctual. You have to be nice person. because That's the third one. That's yeah. the third one. Yeah. That's, a, that's the nice way of saying yeah. it. Like, yeah. there's, there's a negative way of saying it, right? <laughs> the four lesser word. Yeah, don't be one an (laughs) aunt. An aunt. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, (laughs) but I thought you could just be two because I always thought if I'm punctual and nice, then if I'm having a bad day, I might (laughs) challenge. No, no. But I mean, what we mean by that is anything less than really, really good. So there are there are some people, and it's true. You know, there are some people who are book if they're if they are. um, I mean, if they're. Anything less than 100% punctual, by which I mean once in a blue moon they were five minutes late. Nothing yeah. more than that. But they are exceptionally nice yeah. Uh, yeah. in such that they make the whole atmosphere nice or and they are exceptionally okay. good at their playing. So you bet. Yeah. Yeah. But ideally you just need you those the three. three. And actually the yeah. vast majority of the people that I engage, have as are three. you, have the three. No question, they have the three. <sighs> they have the yes, three. Yes. And, another thing I said to actually to the orchestra at the JD, which... Um, um, and we were saying it just earlier before but when we were just starting, is that, that the reason I maintain that musicians tend to be, on the whole, exceptionally nice people is that it is intrinsic to our work together, that we support each other, we help each other to make a symphony or a quartet yeah. sound good. We have to support each other when, you know, when so-and-so has the tune, you know, I listen to where they play so I know and, and how they play mm. it. I support them. Mm. And, and also because it is a social art form. We have to all work together on this project it makes it better. Yeah. You know, to I think be it must nice. be very difficult to be a musician and to even like express, play expressively or anything if you haven't got a level of empathy. Mm. <laughs> yes. You can't really yes. be, you can't, can you? I know some people. Yeah. Don't look at me so much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah? <laughs> there, there, was a, there was a musician who I knew who um, I, I don't work with, but I know who works with other people, who was is a very good player and doesn't seem to have those qualities. But ever since I found out more about them and listened to his playing, I think actually it does lack something. Yeah. <laughs> and that could be, it could be yeah. imagining it, but Yeah. Somebody's no. just playing the notes or just like... Oh, I think that would be a bit harsh, but there was something <laughs> yeah. lacking, just yeah. playing the notes. But yes. Yeah, yes. something missing. Mm. Oh, interesting. Do you, like those kids you teach um, or conduct, so do, are they, they, they're past that point of just playing the notes by that point? Oh, right? yeah. 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 Oh, no. We, as I say, when we have a performance... We did um, Vaughan Williams' London Symphony on Saturday and it was mm. a really, really terrific performance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, this isn't because of the what I do, it's what we all do. It's because they are very talented. It's because I have a great team of of coaches. Um, um, but that was a... Um, we had, um, for example, we had a letter from one of the parents who was a musician who plays in the BBC Symphony and who said, I was shut, closed my eyes, I didn't realise it was children, I just thought it was a pro band. Oh, and that's fantastic. what we're aiming for. Yeah. And it should be that way every mm. time. Mm. It should be that way, yeah. I also, it has a special extra thing, I think, because yeah. there's something about them playing this piece for the first time um, which is, well, they might have done it before, but it's got a freshness. And there's, from a conductor's point of view, you've got a different challenge. With a pro band, if you do, I don't know, you do Elgar Enigma or something, and, well, we know how this goes. If, if you really have, um, that's maybe not a good example, but you have nearly always, when I'm learning the score, I find something that, that the composer, it's very clear what the composer wants, and I've not heard it done that way, or, or it doesn't, people, you know, and so you just go in and they'll just assume, they'll say, well, yes, we'll do 
do it that way. Whereas with a pro band, with a really good pro band, they'll be completely receptive. But you don't know. Sometimes I've, I've done I've done a band and they played they played the piece the week before for somebody famous or whatever, and wow. we we're not going to do that. You know, why yeah. should why should we do that for you? Why should we, should we spend extra time? <laughs> so you've got to choose your battles. Yeah. Whereas here, I don't. You know, I, I, I don't choose my battles. I choose them all. <laughs> and ten, you know, yes. We need to let you go and conduct yeah. your. Oh choir. well, yeah, thank you. Any, is there anything you'd like to ask? <laughs> yeah, have you got any, if you'd like to ask us. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. Um, I think that's. What are you what are you conducting today? So we've got this big so the Lloyd's Choir, it's their centenary season. Mm. So they've got their big um Christmas concert. We normally do a big Christmas concert, but this time with orchestra next and week. bells and whistles next week. Yes. Thursday next week. So um they're doing um lots of different things, but put some new pieces, some by me, some by some other composers, and are doing the Rayform Williams um Carol Fantasia, because they did that in their first concert a hundred years ago. It was almost to the day that they did their first concert, which was actually, I found out, conducted by their very first conductor and founder was a chap called Geoffrey Toy, who it turns out, we're doing an orchestral piece of his, actually, who's a very, very good composer, who it turns out conducted the first performance of the um, Vaughan Williams London Symphony that we did on Saturday that I did at the the college. Isn't that weird? It's all all yes in some way that we don't quite understand. Mm, Creepy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jakes. Yeah. Oh, that was really fun. I really like talking to Jakes. I mean, he's just such a... He's such a good conversationalist. Effervescent. Effervescent. That's not. Is he? Well, like a barocca. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you just pop it in and then. (laughs) I think that's right. Like a bath bomb. He is. He is like that. Yeah. Just ideas and words just coming out of him. Yeah. Quite. I felt like I was in the presence of an Oxford Don. Mm. <laughs> invited back to uh, two, two uh, specially selected students come back to my um, church vestry and we'll, we'll discuss the finer points of, of um, shits and um, <laughs> that's Mara. not an invitation I'd, I ever <laughs> expected to had I'll be honest but I'm pleased no. for it because it was lovely yeah it, well, it really was um, you sounded pretty intellectual got to wh- say that <laughs> <laughs> To Rob. I've I got said, to say that because because you because made just, me say that. I know. I did just <laughs> you say said, it. To say you. that. I did, I did. I'm holding up a sign saying "say it." Um, <laughs> I said to Rob when I was interview um, interviewing when I was uh, editing earlier on. Uh, oh God, I think I sound you know quite intellectual at times. And he laughed heartily and immediately texted <laughs> Michelle, Jake's wife, to say that I'd said that. Um, so now I'm worried. <laughs> Perhaps I didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, In my head, yeah, I did. Yeah, listener, let us know. It's an e- easy question, yes or no. Does Did Verity sound intellectual in this one? Yes or no? Just email oh, us I'm at, looking at hello forward at freeinabar.com. <laughs> I can't wait for those answers to come rolling in. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, there's extra stuff. If you really love the sound of Jake's jib, mm. Um the cut that, of his jib. Yeah, if you liked that, then there's a bit more in our Patreon. There's a lot uh, more in our Patreon. Yeah, actually quite, quite, quite a lot more. <laughs> um, yeah, go and join up there if you if you like if you like this show, you like to support it, blah blah blah. Then um, 
there's a link down below. Uh, yeah. You can do that. That's right. Oh, and um, also, just quickly to say that his mm-hmm. uh, piece, Creation, is premiering on the 23rd of March at St Giles Cripplegate, which is uh, near the Barbican. Um, lovely place to play. And you can I've put a link in the show notes, which will give you more information, and I think you can get tickets there, although I tried earlier and struggled. <laughs> oh, Okay. I feel like 23rd of March is an important day. I'm just, just Googling it. Yeah? Um, What's going on? Was, well, um, n- nothing. I thought it was uh, St. George's Day. Is that 23rd of April? Oh, good Or I thought it was when, the, when the clocks go forward. Again, Maybe. that might be April. It's always around that sort of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just on the, 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 the website, Wikipedia, uh, looking up what happened on the 23rd of, of uh, March. Have you found anything uh, interesting? Well, yeah, Steve Steve Redgrave was born <gasps> in ni- 1962. Right. And Shaka Khan was born in 1953. Flipping heck. Big day. Big, big day. Um, going back, n- not not quite as funny. It's funny, when you go back, it's not quite as funny, is it? When you go back to like really old people, <laughs> there's no one funny to, to read out from the early 1900s. Like, uh, I mean, Akira Kurosawa, that's just... That's Isn't that a cocktail? That's it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no one else. Great. Right. <laughs> what a lovely little section this was. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's a big day if you're into rowing or disco, so that's okay. Yes. Hmm. Mo Farah, 1983. <gasps> what was Again, he? not funny. <laughs> Mo Farah and Steve Redgrave share a birthday. God, it's the day of Olympians. Brilliant. Yes. Um, yeah. But anyway, so the, there's... Um, yeah, there's a big gig on for for Jake's, so um, go and go and watch it. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll and, be fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing like feeling you're really holding someone's uh, attention, is there? <laughs> I just couldn't believe how my lips would not vibrate to do that sound. I was like, what? Oh, dear. It's literally my job. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Uh, no, no. The, the only thing is, is that I've just got to go and edit this podcast. Oh, yeah, you tomorrow. do. Well, look, and, um, let's keep it short and sweet then. I'd love to we? chat. I'd love to <laughs> chat. But the more we chat, the more I've got to stay up late. Oh, we can't have that. No. no I've no, got no. to go and blow up more balloons. I've got to put a banner up as well. And yeah. wrap some presents. Gonna, have you got to write the banner? Is it already written? No, I can show you it right here. It's a bright pink 13th, happy 13th banner. Hey. Look at that. That's class, isn't it, that? Yeah, that's great. Did you get that from Carnival? Oh, I know. I got the balloons from Carnival. I bought this from an even worse shop. Uh, it was. Um, <laughs> it's like one of those terrible card shops that you don't go into. I went in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason Kenny, nineteen eighty-eight. Shut up! You're joking. Yeah, another another one there. What? That's ridiculous. These are like yeah. proper big Olympians. Yeah. Oh my god! If yeah, you ha- if weird, you have a baby it? on that day, that's yeah. really like there's a good chance they're going to be an Olympic got, champion. You know what? I've got another one. Go on. You're not going to believe this. Who? Chris Hoy. You're lying now. <laughs> no, I'm not. 1976. Chris Jason Hoy. Kenny and Chris Hoy share a birthday, and Steve Redgrave and, and, and Mo, Mo Farah. Farah. That's yeah. absolutely mad. Is that really true? That's, 
It's true. I mean, according to um, Wikipedia. Flipping out. I mean, if you want more, Joe Calzaghi. Joe Cal. Well, there you go. Sort of sporty. <laughs> That's. Oh, come on. I know. You've I been know. Such a snob. I know. I know. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Big star He's, of the sport he, he world. He never ever lost a game of boxing. Did <laughs> he not? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was I didn't know good. that. Yeah. Mike Atherton. Flipping out, really? Yeah. It's just a great day for sportsmen. God, it is. It is. That's, that is, do you know what then? You have found a very strong day. You were right. It is an important <laughs> That's day. That's great. I like this this segment. We could, uh, we maybe do. we could turn it into, into a feature. Yeah, let's do it every week. <laughs> um, Damon Albarn too. Anyway, oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, it's getting worse now. <laughs> it is. Let's uh, stop right. now. Quit. Quit while we're ahead. <laughs> um, okay. Look, yes. you need to go and edit this podcast, so shall we just buzz off? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, catch you next week, gang. Yeah. Um, if you're staying to the end, you must be a real, real fan. So uh, go on, do us a favour and just just like rate and review this this podcast. Would you write us a little little review in iTunes, please? And go on. Just share the episode or share a different episode or share... Share some crisps. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> just, just um, send, send us stuff. Whatever you like, really. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. Uh, see you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.